0: Amen to those prayers. Uh, you can take your seats in the room, but don't let that be you switching off. Okay, stay in prayerful mode. We have been talking, haven't we, over these last few weeks about what it means to grow stronger in faith. And let's face it, most of us kind of feel weak on days. In fact, perhaps today you feel if there's any faith level, it's kind of at a low level. You know, I really want to encourage you. Uh, not, I'm not being rude or anything, but you look like you could do with a faith lift, right? You definitely do. Um, but we, we, we actually need for God to do a work in us to bring, if you like, to resurrect us again, to bring us a pace to where we're living the fullest life that Jesus had for us. And I want to talk about that today and uh, I want to build on what's been said before. Remember last week we had Shegen, uh giving David a workout with these weights uh, as a personal trainer. And, and the idea was that we have the Holy Spirit as our personal trainer who, who encourages us that we can grow stronger. I want to encourage all of us today, you can become stronger. You can become stronger and stronger in faith. Wherever you are right now, God wants to take you to new levels. Can I hear an amen? Remember, the more I the quicker it goes today um, so, uh, and you want to get back home for your lunch right so so I, in order to help us I want us to talk I want to talk to you about the F curve I, I want to talk to you about the faith curve all right so that's why we've got this massive uh, whiteboard over here and uh, we have an axis this is for those involved in computer animation uh, this is not the same F curve right this is uh, one that isn't as scientific as that um, but this is the F curve, okay? And on this axis, so this axis is time, or you could say age, and uh, on the vertical axis, we have um, faith or fear. And at the extreme end of the faith curve, we have this place that we could call absolute trust. Okay, that's the extreme end of faith, and at the extreme end of fear, we have what I'll call paralysing terror. Paralysing terror. That's that's kind of on the bottom end of the F curve. I want to ask a question today about where are you at with this curve. Now, uh, when we're we're born, uh, when we're first born, we're probably uh, born above the line. Hopefully you can see this over there. Um, Born above the line. And uh, in the first six to nine months, We pretty much will trust anything or anyone, as long as we're fed or whatever. uh, There's not a lot of attachment to our parents at the very early stage. So you could say the faith level is quite high. And then there's a key point of attachment to parents. And uh, those who are child psychologists and experts in child development tell us that there's a moment uh, in a child's life where it can go one way or the other. If there is an attachment and a sense of security... Uh, then the path continues. If there isn't, then this can plummet even at a very early age. And many people who didn't experience that attachment can end up with all sorts of fears and anxieties that are deeper than consciousness, that are actually very deep psychological needs typically most people go on this kind of trajectory. So they start off here and then they go on this kind of curve, okay? This is is why when it comes to children, and maybe you've done this before, with our kids, they kind of get to a point where they'll believe everything that you tell them, right? So that's what, um, I trust you, I trust you to tell me the truth. So there's a, Okay, so there is a, um, there's an ice cream van. It goes past our house, and the music's playing. Okay, yeah, it's, uh, somebody said it already. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, Alan here said, what I used to say, is they say, Daddy, what does that music mean? I said, well, that means they've sadly run out of ice creams. <laughs> And they don't want you to waste your energy to go and find that out, you know, so they're just telling everyone. Now, there's an age where the child be like, oh, really, Daddy? Thanks. Oh, I won't go and ask for an ice cream then. That lasts for a while, right? That lasts for a season. But then uh, things kind of tail off. Maybe through disappointments, we become kind of worldly wise. Um, this curve tends to go through teenage years. It tends to go on this kind of trajectory. People let us down, promises are broken. And actually, the general trajectory, and this is not scientific, this is just the science of Tim's brain, right? which is about, that's all that we can do today, um, is that it kind of goes like this, if we're not careful, that the, we go from a place of being trusting to actually losing that trust. Uh, and here we've got the valley of cynicism. We've all been there. Maybe some of us are there today. We're in the valley of cynicism. Don't really believe much at all. In fact, we probably would say, um, "Don't." this is the thing that those who are becoming cynical say, oh yeah, well you know, don't believe everything you hear. Yes? And, and we start to filter out, the sad thing is we start to filter out not just the lies, but we start to filter out, if we're not careful, we filter out the truth. Because we don't want to believe everything. So don't believe everything you hear. Now, um, this is only natural. This is part of the ageing process, uh, part of kind of risk aversion. All of those things are related to this. I'm going to ask I'm asking you a question. Where are you at on this curve? Because if you're not careful, you can end up down here. And this is the chasm of a frozen future. If you're not careful, if I'm not careful if we don't really follow Christ and stay trusting him, we can end up stuck in the chasm of a frozen future. And that is a terrible, terrible place to be. Because here, you actually say, well, do you know what? The the statement is, I expect you to lie. In the chasm of a frozen future, we're basically saying, I expect you to lie. I don't, I, where, where are you out on that curve? And, and the, the challenge is here. you see, here we have, actually, we have peace. Above the line is shalom, is peace. The people who are those of peace have found what it means to walk a life of faith. Um, if we're not careful, what's down here is panic. Panic pulls us. I'm telling you, all the powers of darkness are trying to pull us into the chasm. And I'm not being spooky about it. It's just real. All the demons and the devils of the earth are trying to pull us so we end up with a frozen future. And that can affect us in the church. Well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, well, well, that, that's good that you're a Christian. That's really good. But are you giving in to fear more than living a life of faith? Because you don't want to end up where that path leads. It's a dangerous, dangerous place. But I've got good news for you today. If you be honest with yourself, if we're honest with ourselves, then something can happen. You see, if you're down here, uh, I believe that something, there can be a point, a moment, where we begin to change the direction. And it's not immediate. And it takes a relationship. I'm talking about not a religious idea. I'm talking about a relationship, right? It's that actually we can begin to climb. And I think that's what it means to become stronger in faith as a church, is that we might begin to climb again. You see, what happens here is that um, instead, when we panic, if we end up down here, we end up just sitting. Now, I'm not against you. And probably at home, you're sitting. I'm not being rude about that posture, okay? It's natural. All in the room, you're all sitting. But, but I'm talking about the cowering in the corner, refusing to move kind of sitting. Whereas people who are of people of peace, they can stand. And, I, and the, the title for my message today is, Will You Sit or Will You Stand? Because that's between you and God. And He's inviting us to stand. That's what it means to be stronger in faith. Hallelujah. Can I hear any amen? Yeah. That's where He's taking us. And I'm telling you that actually there is a point at which, wherever we're at on this curve, and this has probably more been my journey, okay? Is that I've probably dipped below the line at more times than I'd like to admit. And it becomes a bit more like a roller coaster. Okay, there are times, there are disappointments, there's sorrow, there's bereavement, but I'm trusting. That this path, this is the winding path of following Jesus. I'm trusting of following Jesus. It is a winding road. It is not easy. It is not straightforward. Um, It is really difficult. But but, but there is still, there's a trajectory that's up. Yes, can I hear an amen to that? I believe that's God's plan for you at home. That's planned for us in the room. Wherever you're at, he wants to arrest this trend and take us as a church to go on the winding path of following Jesus. So where are you on that path today? That's my question. Are you in danger of falling into that chasm? That's what we're going to be exploring over the next few weeks, uh, about really understanding what does it mean to be a people of faith. I hope that's helpful to you, if it makes some sense, because it makes sense in my mind. I hope it makes some sense in your heart. I want to encourage you to, to arrest the trend of falling into that chasm. Now, when we talk about faith, and hopefully this will be helpful, I I see faith as having two dynamics. Christian faith. There is the faith that is saving faith, when when we initially make a step from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, when we say yes to Jesus, that is saving faith. Literally, we go from from being a a death door, like in the grip of death, to being into life, saving faith. But there's also another type of faith that is stretching faith. And I'm kind of talking about both of those today. And the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit, our personal trainer, to whisper into our ears that what we read is true. And if we turn to the book of Romans, and this will come up on the screen, um, we're going to turn to the book of Romans. And the Apostle Paul is talking about the way that many people in Israel had rejected Jesus as their Messiah. Not everyone did, but some did. And, and he is calling, he's just celebrating the, the fact that now even non-Jews can call on the name of the Lord to be saved. So in Romans 10, 13, Uh, He quotes Joel chapter 2, which is also quoted by Peter in Acts uh, 2 and 3. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a great promise. And now the name of the Lord is Jesus. Jesus is now the revealed name of the Lord, the one who is the image of the invisible God. And he says, do you know what? Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, hallelujah. If you're watching at home and you're not sure about this church thing, you're not sure about Jesus, I just want to tell you today, Jesus is calling your name. All it takes is that you would call on his. Call on his name and you will be saved. That's what Paul is quoting. It's important. That's about saving faith. He then goes on to say this. From verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Hallelujah. Then he says this, honestly, not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who's believed our message? Uh, you might be watching this today say, well, I think Tim's speaking from somewhere else. This is not, I, you can reject it. You, you are free to reject. That's, that's your choice. That's your freedom. I would defend your right to disagree with me. I really would. But then listen to this, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news. About Christ, hearing the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God, the words of Jesus, by hearing. I want to tell you today reading is not believing. Let me make that really clear. And I'd encourage you to read the Bible every day. I read it multiple times a day. Start your day reading the Bible, to, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. Read the Gospels. Read the Sermon on the Mount frequently. I advise you, read it and read it and read it. But reading is not believing. Faith does not come from reading the Bible. A doctrine might, a creed might. But not faith. What Paul is saying is, faith comes from hearing the word of God, and this is how it works. The Holy Spirit says, "This is true for you. This is true for you. What you read is true for you." Hallelujah. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. Do you know? A, a couple of years ago, uh, the guy who runs one of the gyms in Watford came to Helen and myself and said, "Look, I'd like to give you a free gym membership. Here's a card." And uh, you have to go down to the card. Now, it's no good having a membership card if you don't use it, right? That's what they were saying a couple of weeks ago. It's no point having these weights if they stay on the shelf. Is that right? And so uh, the, we come down into the gym. We've got a card with a barcode on it that will let us in. Then Sam, PT, our dear friend, Sam, PT, and uh, he's got some real work to do after lockdown, I'm telling you. But Sam comes and says, you know, you just scan it here and you can come in. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The spirit of adoption confirms our adoption as sons and daughters of God. In the same way, the Holy Spirit says, you know this gospel, this is for you. Use it. Activate it. Faith comes from hearing what we're reading and applying it to our own lives. And God wants you and I to grow in faith wherever we're at on that curve. We see this in the book of Acts And uh, in the book of Acts, as Helen was talking about a couple of weeks ago in chapter 4, there's loads of opposition, right? The the early church is under pressure. They're saying, please stop preaching the name of Jesus. It's really uncomfortable. It's upsetting our power uh, structure. It's upsetting the authorities in the temple because you're saying Jesus is Lord. You're saying this Jesus from Nazareth is the Lord. Please stop saying that. And the apostles say, no, we're not. In fact, you know what? We're going to go back with our friends who have been praying for us. And then this is what happens. It's amazing. And I know you've read this recently, but I want to bring it back to life for you. Because I want to show you how faith grows. It says this in chapter 4, verse 23. As soon as they were free, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God and this is what they said. "O oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit, right? Through our ancestor David. They're picking up their Bibles, if you like, okay? And this is what the servant David said. He said, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. Listen to this. This is them reading the word and realising it applied to them. This is faith explosion, I'm telling you. Verse 27, in fact, this has happened here, in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand. Hallelujah. Then he goes on to say, stretch out and now, Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and then they preached the word of God with boldness. I'm telling you, this is the moment the word became living in them. The Holy Spirit says, this is for you and the faith level goes skyrocket because there's a group of people believing the word of God applies to them and then the Holy Spirit responds and shakes the place. I want to be part of a church, and I will be part of a church, this church, where we understand that the words that were written thousands of years ago apply to us today. 2,000 plus years later, these words, and in that moment, faith erupts. And something happens in our spirits. And that's what I'm praying for every day as I wake up. As I read in my devotions, I'm not looking to see just so I can say that I've done it. I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to say, do you know what, Tim? This is for you. We see it in... Acts chapter 5, the same thing. And we won't go there because of time, but they're, they're the same opposition, okay? They've been in public prison now. There's all sorts of opposition. And uh, it says, I will just read in Acts five thirty-two 32, that they're giving their defense, okay? And it says in verse thirty-two, we are witnesses of these things, listen, and so is the Holy Spirit who's given by God to those who obey him. This is how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come together and confirm the word. This is what it means to grow in faith. To hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. In the face of fear, the timeless word of God is received, is accepted, is believed, is acted on in the here and now. And then we carry on this trajectory. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are on this journey... Would it be that in just a few minutes as we come to pray, would it be that you and I could take a posture where we could go, if there's any part of us sitting in fear, instead we can begin and make a step to stand, at least to stand, and stand believing that God will truly grow us, that the words we read about are true for us. I know that's God's heart. And he's saying things like that to me all the time. Tim, you know, when he said, when about I want Wellspring to be strong in faith, I'm like, Lord, I'm not sure we are. I'm not sure we are. I think as a church family, sometimes we may be more informed by the BBC's view of the world than by the word of God. Or by the gossips on Facebook or the things that we read on our news feeds. I think those things are influencing how we see the world more than the word of God. Because we sit there and we read the word and we don't hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is for you. This is for you today. And I know that's God's heart. And I'm not pointing any fingers because I'm on the same journey myself. You see, a few thoughts here is that that fear is natural, okay? But faith is supernatural. Faith is not doctrinal beliefs, a person of faith. No, no, no. I'm talking about faith being a supernatural, living, vibrant relationship with the word of God in relationship with the creator who wrote it. Cynicism is typical. It's normal. And the British culture is a very cynical culture, right? The funniest comedians are the most cynical ones. Is that? I mean, I'm just saying that. The ones that make me laugh are the ones that are most irreverent and mock. I just find that so funny but trust is transformational. Cynicism is typical, but trust is truly transformational. The noise of the nose in our head can be silenced by the whispers of the yes of the Holy Spirit. Just a little whisper. I'm with you. This is for you. If you were paying attention earlier, you would have heard an announcement about me being given an additional assignment working for one YMCA. I'm telling you, normally those things, I don't even pay any attention. And I'm playing squash with the CEO of the YMCA. Uh, This is back between lockdowns. And uh, we're playing squash and afterwards we always stop and pray. And and, uh, at the end of this, he said, Tim, I've been thinking about uh, a new position on my team and uh, I wonder if you consider it. And, and I, I, normally I would just, it would just bounce off me, right? Honestly, I'm not interested in anything like that. As he's leaving the changing rooms, I heard the Holy Spirit say, that was me. I sat there, totally stunned. Hang on a minute. I wasn't even properly paying attention to what he said. The Holy Spirit says, that was me. And I'm amazed by how when we hear the whisper of God, we can go on a journey we did not expect and were not looking for. I wonder what that would be for you in your enterprise, in in your job, in your business, in your family, in your relationships. I wonder what it would be for you to drown, to kind of ignore the noise of all the fear and the anxiety and to listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, if you're not sure it's God, then there's really good advice for us, is that is that we go to friends. We, we, we make sure it ties up with the word, then we go to trusted friends. I'm immediately on the phone after this to Simon Jarvis and Peter and Mariette Stott and John Andrews, and even to the mayor of Watford. I called him up and said, Peter, I think God's doing something. Would this be a good idea or a bad idea? Because if you're the mayor of the town, right, if this is a bad idea, I probably better listen. And he's like, no, I think this could be God, and I think this could be good. What would that mean for you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Now, we're coming into land here, and I just want to encourage you with, on your spiritual journey, on your walk with God, it, it begins with being honest. And if you are flying high in the place of peace, I guarantee you that there are people that around you that are not, that you could help them get on a better trajectory, honestly. So a bit later on, when we stand, you might want to stand in faith for someone else. That they would be pulled away from this gravitational pull towards cynicism and then beyond to just being a frozen. You know, they say, don't be a frozen chosen. I think that's good. Don't be those that receive faith and then have left it behind, cowering in the corner. This is not a time for the church to be afraid, amen? This is a time for the church to stand and follow Jesus, whatever that takes, whatever change that involves. I want to encourage you in that as we come to pray. Now, I was really struck this week, and this felt like a confirming whisper uh, to me, when uh, the wonderful uh, Joke Amasan is a great artist, when uh, she posted this um, bit of artwork, and I thought it was brilliant. Maybe we could have that up on the screen. And uh, I'll read what it says there. Standing despite it all. says, And now that we've risen again, we should acknowledge that despite it all, we are still standing. Despite every battle we've faced, we're still here. Hallelujah. Standing doesn't necessarily require us to be physically strong. What it takes is not giving up and having a hopeful heart. Even if we're in the midst of a storm, I find the image of choosing to stand, not only for yourself but for others, a very powerful one. It's looking every negative thing in the face and still believing you can overcome it. By the grace of God, whatever valley you're in, you can overcome it by simply standing in his presence. And that's what we're going to do now. Let's take a moment now. just take a moment where we are right now to be honest with God but where we're at in our journey and we, we want to live a life of faithfulness but we're weak, aren't we? so we need more of the Holy Spirit just confirming the word of God we're going to respond in a couple of ways firstly I want to say to you if you are not a follower of Christ if you are not saved and you would know if you were right if you've not felt the hand of God pick you up and to set your feet on the rock of Christ as Psalm 40 says set my feet on a rock if you haven't had that experience before if you don't know that's for you I want to encourage you, hear the voice of the Lord speaking your name. Saying James, or whatever your name, if it's not James. Speaking your name. Saying this salvation thing is for you. God is for you. And we have a prayer, it's a commitment prayer. I want to encourage you to join in with this prayer. And ask for saving faith. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit where you are right now, even if you're watching this on catch up, as you pray this prayer, the Lord will hear. So let's have that on the screen and let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to die on the cross for me. I'm sorry for living life my own way instead of your way. That changes today. I give my life to you I choose to follow you and ask you to teach me your ways. Thank you that I can live forever because you rose again. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm going to I ask you, in fact, I beseech you Don't just keep it private. In fact, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to email me and one of the team at prayer at wellspring-church.org. Really easy. Prayer at wellspring-church.org. And I want to help you so you can go on a trajectory, a growth pattern towards following Christ, not just today in this moment, but every single day to come. Receive the word of God and hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, now for everyone... An opportunity to stand and to receive from the Holy Spirit a boost to stretch us. I wonder if you would be willing, in fact, just stay sitting right now. This is what I'm going to invite you to do. We're going to, there's a brilliant song called The Stand. And in this song, during this song, I'm going to invite you, and as you're at home, and I know how comfortable the sofa or the armchair can be, I know that. I invite you, if you need to arrest the slide of cynicism, if you need to arrest it, I invite you to stand in front of your laptop or your TV or whatever it is, simply to stand. And as we sing this song, and it, with arms high and hearts abandoned, that you also would stand. And in this room, if you want to stand, is your response. And then we're going to pray together before we finish the service. So let's not rush from this place. But here's the stand. Let's make this our song. Amen.
1: You stood before creation, eternity in your hands. You spoke the earth into motion My soul now to stand You stood before my failure Carried the cross for my shame My sin weighed upon your shoulders my soul now to stay. So what can I say? What can I The one who gave it all, I'll stand by. Soul, Lord, to you surrendered all. I am is yours.